This is Black and Gold Rush, the podcast where we talk about all angles of New Orleans Saints football. I'm your host, Rachel Jones, and I've been a Saints fan all my life, so I know just how much this team means to our city, both as a former reporter and from my season ticket in Section 257. Whether it's breaking down game tape or telling an inspiring off-the-field story, I'm here for it because the Saints bring us together. Let's get going. Welcome back to Black and Gold Rush. Today's episode is all about stories of hard work and determination, values that are crucial for success in today's world. I graduated from LSU in 2011 after three and a half years covering Tiger Athletics at the Daily Reveille, raring to go as a sports journalist. But I didn't have a job. The first full-time job I got was that summer at the Lake Charles American Press covering high school sports. They'd never had a female sports writer here before. Yes, I've moved back to Lake Charles since I married my husband in 2018, though New Orleans will always be my home. But I was determined to make my mark in some way at the American press. So I asked about video, and we launched two prep video series featuring local athletes, and I realized just how much I loved interviewing and storytelling. Still true today. I look back on my first year in sports journalism so fondly because it gave me the chance to put in some long, hard hours and cut my teeth in the industry. After a year because of that hard work, I got my opportunity of a lifetime at that point to work at NOLA.com. I read an excellent article recently by Rod Walker sports writer at the Times-Picayune and New Orleans advocate, that chronicled Terry Fontenot's journey from here in Lake Charles through 18 years with the Saints organization to getting the ultimate promotion to general manager of the Atlanta Falcons. That story spoke to my heart because Terry Fontenot also worked very hard to earn his opportunities. He's got so much to be proud of, and we wish him success even if it's with the Saints' deep, deep rivals. So I reached out to Rod Walker to come on the show and discuss writing that story, Rod's own adventure into sports journalism, along with what he's watching in the Saints' offseason. I hope you enjoy our interview. Hey, Rod, it's great to have you on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. So before we dive in, I like to have our listeners really get to know the guest. And something I found quite interesting is your college degree is actually in industrial engineering. So I'm eager to hear about your path from engineer to sports writer, Rod. So fill us in. Um, Okay, well, I guess I can sort of go back to my high school days. And I was um, so I was a sports editor at the um, high school newspaper uh, in Mississippi and uh, I remember when I was graduating, and I was always really good in math. I wasn't really great in science, but I was pretty good in math. And uh, all my teachers were like, oh, you should major in engineering. You make a lot of money. So, I mean, I'm an 18-year-old kid, so I I listened to my teachers. So uh, I went to Mississippi State, and I, I majored in um, – I actually started off in computer engineering, and um, it was kind of overwhelming, I guess. So I ended up switching over to industrial engineering, and um, so I got my degree in that. And right out of college, I got a job. I graduated on a Saturday, and on a Monday, I was working at this this place in uh, Mississippi that it was 
a, a manufacturing place that supplied parts to uh, General Motors. And I hated it. <laughs> Basically, I hated it. And I, and I did this job for a year and a half. And I was like, man, I can't, I can't wake up every morning and go to these production meetings and sit around and talk about did we make production and talk about all these quality control issues. And so I, anyway, I did it for a year and a half. And I ended up finding another job. I said, okay, maybe it's just the job I don't like. So I ended up finding a job at this paging company. This is back in the days of days of pagers. This is before cell phones. <laughs> right before cell phones. There's a place called Skytail in Jackson. I uh, had the Sky Pagers, which were really popular. And the hub for that was right there in, in Jackson, Mississippi. So I did that. I did quality control work for them for, oh, man, three years maybe. But anyway, during this time, I started working at this newspaper in Mississippi. It's called the Clarion Ledger. But I started working there just part-time. And all I was doing was just taking scores over mm-hmm. the telephones and typing them in. And um, I just wanted to get my foot in the door. I said, okay, I got to try to go back to what I was doing and what I really had a passion for. So anyway, I got my foot in the door. Eventually, let me start going out and cover some football games, um, just, you know, just freelancing, basically. And then this paper in Jackson, Mississippi started this yeah. little this little weekly paper in the suburbs that had, it came out like three times a week. They started a new paper and said, Hey, you want to be the sports writer? And I was like, sure. <laughs> so anyway, I ended up quitting my job, my engineering job. And I started just writing sports for, and I was making crumbs at the time. I had to basically like start over. Um, but I said, okay, I just got to take this chance. And um, so anyway, I just, took a chance and I said, okay, I'm just going to start from the, <laughs> start from the bottom, I guess. And um, so I stayed at that paper for two years and I ended up moving back to the, the big paper, the Clarion Ledger covering high school sports and um, stayed there for years. And then opportunity came up in new Orleans and here I am. So wow. yeah, was, so, yeah we both actually definitely. cut our teeth on high school sports. How about that? Yeah. yeah me think, here in Lake Charles. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I think if you're doing sports, awesome. I think high school sports is sort of the, the way to go. I mean, I think as far as just starting off, because you, you just get to learn so much um, covering sports at that level because you're having to do all your work yourself. And, you know, it's just they're not feeding you stats or anything. You're having to keep up with your own stats. Yes, you know? yes. Yeah, when, I, when, when you get there, you're all on your own. And it's really, I will always treasure those experiences of, of the, the coaches are just so welcoming. I mean, they were to me, you know, um, of, of just, you're, you're here, you want to cover us. I mean, the, the experiences that I got were, were just really, really awesome. And not to mention having to keep your own stats. That was, (laughs) that was uh, a challenge. Yeah. (laughs) Needless to say. And I always tell people that that, what an incredible story. Yeah. I always tell people that sort of, that's the one thing I miss about high school sports is that, you know, when it's after a game, those kids are almost running up to you wanting to be interviewed. And when you get to the current NFL, it's the total opposite. I mean, those guys a lot of times don't even want to be bothered. So, I mean, you sort of miss that, that aspect of it, but uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. I mean, it's, I'm doing something I enjoy. Yes. Yes. The love of the game, I think, is 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 always there, no matter what level. But definitely, the 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 media experience is t- different. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. no doubt. But what a story! Thank you for sharing that, Rod. Yeah. So now that you're on the Saints beat, the Saints uh, have a big hole to fill in their scouting department with the departure of Terry Fontenot, their former assistant GM for pro personnel. But the story you wrote 
about his journey up the ranks, literally from a marketing intern, it inspired me me to work harder for my goals. And I loved the picture you painted of Terry Fontenot arriving for the Saints interview with his resume in a manila folder and his mother telling him to just leave it to God. And here he is 22 years later with the chance to run his own franchise in Atlanta. How proud was Terry's family of his accomplishment when you were doing the interviews? What sense did you get of how proud they were? Oh, his mom was incredible. I mean, I think we stayed on the, and I was calling her, like, I was thinking, okay, this latest, her son just got hired. Um, hopefully she can just give me five or 10 minutes. We talked for about 30 minutes. I mean, she just went on and on about him. And, and I can't blame her. I mean, her son's, a, he's 40 years old and he's a general manager. So, I mean, she was definitely proud. Um, you know, you know, just a regular middle-class family in Lake Charles. And they, you know, they raised a son who has one of the most pow- powerful positions in football. And uh, yeah, she was definitely proud of him. And, uh, uh, and, and the, the common theme with everybody I talked to was just, you know, how focused he always was. And, you know, he's one of those people that no matter who you talk to, they all said, yeah, we knew he'd be successful. So this didn't even surprise any of those people in Lake Charles. They all knew that, you know, Terry Fontenot is destined for great things. And that that's such a great point. That brings me to my next question. I could go on and on about the importance of a good story in the business world and just to lift our spirits on a daily basis. So I'm going to link to Rod's article in the show notes. It includes interviews with the principal of Terry's High School, LaGrange, right here in Lake Charles, where I live, and his high school football and track coaches. So Rod, what did you learn from them about Terry Fontenot's work ethic that you mentioned and that you have seen since you've been on the Saints beat? Uh, I, th- I think the main thing is just his, <clears throat> and I mean, this is basically the theme of the article, just his, his <laughs> dedication and his willingness to start where he started. And, and I don't know, and I, I never really, no one ever mentioned if, if his goal in life was always to be a GM, but again, he just got his foot in the door and he just, he just wanted to get his foot in the door. And once he did, you know, he was, he just kind of took off from there. And, you know, even talking to the times we've talked to Sean Payton about him, I mean, they, you know, he's a guy that they're going, they're going to miss because he just, he worked so hard and just did things, you know, the right way. And, and he knew his stuff and, and that, that that's kind of what got him here. You know, even talking to like his, uh, this is his track coach, maybe, you know, I mean, he wasn't, mm-hmm. he ended up with a scholarship to Tulane, but, you know, they said he wasn't, when he got to LaGrange, I mean, he wasn't like this the greatest athlete to ever come through there, but he just worked so hard. And, you know, I think his mom told me a story about, you know, I think it's his junior year in football. He wasn't, I didn't put this in the story, but how he, you know, he was sort of disappointed that he wasn't getting a lot of playing time. And, you know, she told him, like, look, you just got to, you know, work harder. And she said, that's what he did in that offseason. And, you know, by the senior year, he's a really good player. And, I know his high school coach talked about him winning the game. I mean, him catching the game-winning touchdown against um, uh, Moss Point High School in Mississippi, which was ranked number one in Mississippi at the time. So, I mean, there were there were a lot of little nuggets that I didn't even get to work into the story because it was just you know they they just went on and on about him. And you know, at some point you have to say, oh, okay, I'll just have to uh, leave this part out and save it for Rachel's podcast, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, we love that. We love the behind the scenes footage from the, from Rod's interviews. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing all that. No, I remember from from going from covering some high school events at 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 here in Lake Charles that it, right, everybody was just, was just so welcoming and just loved to share their stories. And we need more good stories, more, more conversations that we can hold on to. And so again, I'm going to link to the Rod's feature in the show notes, but now let's turn to the Saints currently. So this week, Rod, you posed a question to your Twitter followers asking who will be the Saints starting quarterback when next football season starts. And this is a time really unlike any other in recent memory when we're looking at a likely transition. So Sean Payton expressed utmost confidence in Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, but what are your expectations for the quarterback position? And I'm curious what kinds of responses you got on Twitter. Um, Twitter was <laughs> all over the place like Twitter normally is, right? Um, I think, you know, there were a lot of Jameis Winston. There were a lot of... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of Jameis. There was a lot of Taysom Hill and... Um, you know, when you talk to Sean Payton, I mean, I think he is really um, satisfied with the two people he has. Well, I'm saying two people. And I mean, obviously, we haven't heard anything from Drew Brees yet. He could very well say, I'm going to come back one more year. But I'm just assuming that he doesn't. And I think Sean Payton is really confident that this team could win with right. with Jameis Winston and with Taysom Hill. But I also think this team is going to, you know, see what else is out there. And if there's some trade options out there or something where they could be able to afford a guy like, and I'm going to throw out Deshaun Watson because he's the most, probably the most sought out guy this year, uh, just based on, you know, him wanting to, you know, supposedly be out of Houston. Um, I think if, if the Saints could work some kind of deal and get Deshaun Watson, I mean, I think you have to jump on that. And, you know, there were people on Twitter that said that, um, saw a few Matthew Staffords out there, um, I may have seen one Carson Wentz. I can't remember. I, I'll have to go back through them. But, I mean, they, it was pretty much, you know, any quarterback that's available, yeah, <laughs> you had at least one Saints fan that wow. remember, so. Man, I mean, well, with Dan Campbell going up to to Detroit, I mean, maybe he might want to, you know, do a little switcheroo with his uh, with his <laughs> old with his old team. Who knows? But uh, I, I mean, Jameis Winston, you know, entering the free agent market. But, I mean, Sean Payton, certainly, he ha- Jameis hasn't gotten a lot of, live game action with the Saints but Sean Payton certainly seems to like what he what he sees and he did he did throw that he, he gave the Saints offense a spark early in the Bucks game when they had nothing going yeah James is a guy who I mean you look at what he did his you know his last season in Tampa Tampa Bay I mean he put up some incredible numbers obviously he had all the interceptions to go along with it which you know sort of had, some, had people concerned about him. But I think if you put Jameis Winston in this Saints offense and mm-hmm. give him a whole an entire, you know, a, a regular training camp, I mean, this this year was so different because of COVID. Like, these guys didn't get to go through the normal offseason. So, I mean, that sort of put Jameis behind as far as learning the offense. But I think if you put him in this offense with these weapons that they have, um, and, and again, and the Saints got him for a really cheap price. Now, I don't know – how much somebody's going to be willing to pay Jameis next season. But I think the Saints could probably, you know, bring him back for, you know, sort of cheap again. And yeah. and I think this is a team that he could, 
he could do really well with. Right. Well, Sean Payton certainly, again, expressing confidence. So this is going to be an offseason with storylines unfolding early on. So what about coaching-wise on defense? The Saints were able to hang on to defensive line coach Ryan Nielsen after LSU tried to hire him as their defensive coordinator. And in Thursday's season-ending press conference, Sean Payton was happy about that. He also said, He's proud of the number of guys we've had come through here and go on like a Dan Campbell. But it looks like Aaron Glenn will be going with him to Detroit. Uh, so, Rod, this offseason, as we mentioned, will be different than recent ones, starting right away with some key hires to make, don't you think? Yeah, when you when you look at, um, especially like last year, Sean was able to sort of keep this this, this staff together. I mean, he lost, you know, a linebacker coach to the Cowboys and, um, but he's been able to keep his staff together, but he's, you know, the one of the things he said is that when you, when you have a lot of teams looking at your coaches, that's, that's usually a good thing. That means you're winning and that means other people want to, want to grab them. And even going back to Terry Fontenot's, you know, front office guy, when you, when you have success, other teams are going to want to mm-hmm. steal your, <laughs> your guys. So, um, it's sort of a good problem to have and, you know, obviously you, you hate to lose people, but, you know, Sean also said that yeah. he also said that you, you know, when you lose people, he, he looks forward to that challenge of, you know, finding the next Aaron Glenn, finding the next Dan Campbell. So finding the next Terry Fontenot. So, I mean, you want to, you know, you want to, you want people to want your guys because again, it just, it says that you're doing well. Right. You want people to want your guys. Yeah, Not a bad problem to have. So we're going to see what kind of challenges the Saints off the, the Saints offense, defense, special teams. They they face this this offseason. It's very, very young. We're just getting started here on Black and Gold Rush. So, Rod, where can our listeners connect more with you? Um, I'm on on Twitter. Uh, the best way to find me on social media is Twitter is just Rod Walker Nola. And, um, you know, we tweet about. Saints uh, tweet about, you know, some Pelican song and, you know, sometimes just tweet about, you know, just other stuff, music, just whatever, you know, we kind of talk, we talk about a little bit of everything, but um, yeah, Rod Walker, Nola is the best place to find me and my stories can be found on NOLA.com. Excellent. Well, Rod Walker, thank you very much for joining me and talking Saints today. Uh, anytime you want to have me on, I'll be more than welcome. Thank you so much for listening to Black and Gold Rush. Make sure to subscribe on the podcast app of your choice and leave a rating and review. Also, I'd love to connect more. Come say hey on Twitter or Instagram at RachelW504 and let me know what you thought of this episode. For show notes and more, head over to my website at rachelwjones.me. Until next time, ooh dat.